I got up and I read it. And the reason I, I did is, is Saturday night's that weird night. You know, Thursday, we know that it was the Passover meal and that they were preparing and they were all around. And Jesus wipes, you know, washes the disciples' feet. The garden, he's arrested. Friday, we know, is the crucifixion and um, just this amazing event. But Saturday's that day when you're just like, what happened? It's the day that the disciples probably were freaking out. In fact, we know that they ran into this room and locked themselves in. They didn't know what was going on. Was he or wasn't he? And so I read this um, this children's Bible. And, and one of the things that just just drove it home to me, and in fact, my father-in-law made a comment about it the other day, um, was this line that said um, that, that the father turned his back on his son. That God the father turned his back when Jesus cries out, Papa. God turns his back on him. Oh, man, the God of love, the God who created all and loves all more than we can comprehend, turned his back on his son. And for the first time, it says, and the only time when Jesus spoke, nothing happened. Those words just, just it's like this gong that sounds in my soul when I hear those. When I read those, Corbin came to the first service. Um, he usually goes to Sunday school, but today he wanted to come and, and he came and he wanted to dress like me. So he had a blue blazer on and um, some pants and it was just, just great. And he's like, Hey dad, Hey buddy. And I was just going through this moment. And I was thinking if ever he is in trouble, I will never turn my back on him. I, I'm not that strong. If he cries out, I'm going. And yet God did. It was because he turned his back that today happens. It was because he loved us so much that he went through that pain. Today happens. Because of Friday. Today happens because of Christmas. Today is the day. Somebody said last night to me, she, um, she said, like, tomorrow must be like your Super Bowl. And I went, and her husband said, he's like, no, it's Christmas. And I was like, actually, no, I think it's Easter. Easter Super Bowl Sunday, man. Christmas is great, but Easter is, bam, this is when it happens. Jesus is born into the world, and that's a wonderful story, and the stuff around it is amazing, and the fact that he came where he did, when he did, all of those things are incredible. But it's today, it's today that we win. It's today that death is beaten. It is today that we become new creations. In John chapter 20, Heather was reading a little bit of it earlier. I'm going to pick up at verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stood and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Why are you crying? The angels asked her. 
Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you if you take him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Mary, he replied. She turned toward him and exclaimed, teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the father, but go. Go find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my father and your father. My God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave him his message. Now, there's a lot going on right here in this scripture. I mean, A, Jesus rises from the dead. That's kind of a big one, right? Um, B, we learn that John is much faster than Peter. And he likes to rub it in, right? I mean, three times he talks about it, you know. Um, Peter couldn't keep up, so the disciple that Jesus loved, you know, got there first. Meanwhile, Peter's huffing and puffing on the road. Um, I love it. You know, John writes his, his gospel last where Peter's like not around, so he can't say anything. <laughs> um, Peter, who still isn't here yet. Uh, I'm sorry, I just find that really funny. Uh, so... so all of these things going on. Mary gets there, you know, she, she sees and she stays and she's just distraught. She's just weeping. And she has this encounter with these angels, which would be enough for me, right? I mean, like, oh my gosh. In Matthew's account of this, um, there's like this earthquake and the, and the stone moves and the soldiers, the Roman soldiers that are there to guard from the disciples doing anything, fall over and they're paralyzed with fear. And Mary's just like, okay, you know, typical thing. Hey, there's the gardener. Let's talk to him. That's the other thing is like she sees Jesus first and she's like, oh, that's probably the gardener. Because, you know, there's always gardeners hanging around tombs. I Googled this um, to, to see because I know that there's a, um, a few famous portraits of this. And one of them is, is by Rembrandt. And, um, and uh, it, it's not Rembrandt. It's uh, who was it? Ryan? We, t- we, bet, we bet on his last, uh, his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, one of those guys. And, and so the, the great thing about this is they always picture Jesus as a gardener. And how they do this is uh, apparently when Jesus was resurrected, he decided that it was time to wear a sombrero. Because um, he's got a sombrero on and then he's holding the shovel and the little bag of miracle Grow, um, So you can tell he's the gardener, right? So, uh, it just, it shocks me, uh, the, because a lot of them had Jesus depicted this way, obviously not the miracle grow, but, um, the sombrero and the shovel and everything. And, you know, if you're there, you're going to look at him and go sombrero, shovel, gardener. But Mary had spent so much time with Jesus. She spent so much time with him. She loved him so much that as she comes, she comes back to the grave And she sees this going on and she's just distraught. And she turns and she sees her rabbi, her teacher. She doesn't recognize him. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? You think when he spoke, she would understand. Was he disguising his voice? Why are you crying, Mary? 
Because he doesn't say her name yet. It wasn't until he says her name that she gets it. It wasn't until he says, Mary, that it just... See, what's happening here, I believe, is Mary catching on to who her identity truly is. If you've been with us over the past weeks, we've been walking through the book of Exodus. And one of the things that we've been really focusing on in here is that the people of Israel, the Hebrews, who had been lost for 400 years in slavery, had lost who they were. They had believed that they were slaves. They had been oppressed for so long and told how to live that they believed that's who they were. Whatever the Egyptians said, this is who you are. And so God, as he brings them out of captivity from Egypt into freedom, he is training them, reshaping them, reminding them, teaching them who they truly are, sons and daughters of God. He is telling them, your identity of what you think you were is not who you are. You're something greater. You're my children. And over and over and over again, the things that he does, it's teaching them little by little by little by little that you are mine. I think this moment is one of the moments for the disciples. He calls out to Mary, says, Mary. And then... He says, now go tell my brothers. He had never called the disciples his brothers. He had called them disciples. He had called them friends. But he had never called them brothers until here. My brothers. Go tell my brothers. That I am going to be with my God. And your God. With my father. And your father. Never before had he said that. He had talked about God as father, my father, Abba. But he had never before placed it on us. Your father, your God. This is a reshaping of the identity of who the disciples and subsequently who we are. We are no longer who we once were because Christ has conquered death. We are no longer bound. We are free. We are no longer captives. We are princes and princesses. We are children of the most high God. This is the moment it happens. The moment that he conquers death once and for all. The moment that um, it had been paid in full. This moment we became a new creation. Now, an interesting thing that you can do here is you can, um, you can look at this resurrection and the other resurrection that we have accounts of in the gospel stories. Lazarus. Now, Lazarus, you might remember, dies. And Jesus is like, they're like, please come save him. He's like, oh, he's dead. You know, he's going to be dead when I get there. I'll get there when I get there. So Jesus goes and he gets there and he says, Lazarus, come out of your tomb. People are like, what? And what happens? walks out. He walks out of the tomb, but how is he dressed? He's dressed in his burial clothes. 
If you remember the scripture, it says that they unwrap him and they take the, the, the cloth from his face and, and they have to do that for him. And then shortly thereafter, um, Lazarus's life is in danger because the, the uh, Pharisees are plotting to kill him. They're like, we can't have a guy that was just raised from the dead by this Jesus guy walking around. Okay, so we need to kill him. Um, now, Jesus's resurrection. He does it. They come and he's already gone. The clothes, he's a neat person. Um, he folds them. And places them. His resurrection is for real. His life no longer in danger. When he turns to Mary. And he says, go tell my brothers. I'm going to be with their God and their father. Our father. Our God. It's a new identity. It's a new creation. It's a new understanding. It should be a new understanding of who we are. Backstage, um, we were praying beforehand, and I was praying, and, and at the end of it, I said, amen, and, and we do this little thing that we do to center ourselves. And um, In August, um, sweet little August, goes, I have something really irreverent right now. And, you know, they're all musicians. They're like, what is it? Um, and I'm, you know, still in you know, prayer mode because that's what I do back there. Uh, and, and she goes, I just had this vision of, um, you know, one of those shows where it's like a, it's a holy Easter makeover. Everyone's getting a makeover today. You're a new creation. You're a new creation. You're a new creation. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) It was so great because guess what's happening today? We're all getting a makeover. Because if we truly understand our identities now as one who is not held bound by death, if we understand ourselves as one who looks forward to eternal life, guess what? You are a new creation. That's not how you started out. But as you accept Jesus Christ, you become that. And so today is the day that we celebrate the day that we were made over. Today is the day that we get to celebrate that who we once were is no longer valid because we are something much greater. I got to tell you, I don't know any of your stories the way that I know my story. And as I look back where I was, praise God that he didn't leave me there. I thank God all of the time that where I once was, I no longer am. Now, I'm not anywhere close to where he longs for me to be because I stumble and I fall backwards. And I'm like, hey, I like that guy. Oh, no, I don't. Let's go this way. But I'm so grateful that he came into my life and he said, Michael, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to strive like that anymore. You don't have to claw and fight for everything because you're mine. I did that for you. You're a son. Rest in that. Know that you are loved. So much so that our father was willing to turn his back so that I may suffer for you. We sang a song last night and the words um, said something to the effect. It was my sin that kept Jesus on the cross. 
And I had this moment of, because um, I have a lot of conversations in my mind. Um, and I had this moment of, yeah, but there's so many people who are so much worse than I am. It was really their sins that kept Jesus. Oh, no, it wasn't. And it really struck me in a new way. That on the worldly scale of my life, you know, I haven't been that bad. But if I were the only one who ever messed up, he still would have been on the cross. If I were the only one, if I were the worst person in the world, Jesus still would have said, you know what? I love you. And I'm going to do this for you. He says the same to each one of us. The crucifixion, the resurrection isn't for a select group of people. It's for all who come to know the love of God. His salvation is open to all who want to be a new creation. His his gift of eternal life is available to everyone who wants to hear him call their name. Jim, you have a new life. Nicole, Scott, Bob, Beth, you are new. This is a Super Bowl Sunday. This is a day that we get to celebrate that no matter how long Tony Romo is the quarterback for the Cowboys, we will win. (laughs) It doesn't matter what happens in this world because Christ died. Christ rose again. And he's coming back. He's coming back to bring restoration to all things, to bring redemption to all things, that we might move into our new creation in ways that we cannot even understand right now. This resurrection wasn't the end of something. It was just the beginning. So let's move forward. Understanding ourselves no longer. No longer is who we once were, even maybe when we walked into this room, but who God longed for us to be free and alive. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you've given us and we celebrate today. God, we thank you for the fact that while we were lost to death, to sin, You gave your life for us. Every one of us. Every one of us. No matter how bad we think we are, you love us. God, I pray that you would just press that into our minds, into our hearts, that knowledge that we are a new creation. God, I acknowledge that we still have work to do. That we still need to go a little bit further and become more the person you long for us to be, Lord. But God, we thank you that the truth is you died, you rose again, and you're coming back. We thank you and praise you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.